welcome to the new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today, I am joined by Emma Fox from the Royal Berkshire NHS Trust. Thank you for joining me, Emma. Thank you for having me. Hello. Um, so, start off. What's your what's your job title there? Regular listeners will know that I'm bamboozled often <laughs> by the length of the job titles of people in NHS procurement. So, um, I'm now going to ask you to tell me your job title, which will no doubt be very short and make me look very silly, but I don't care. Yeah, it's okay. It's two <laughs> words. It's just procurement specialist. <laughs> wow. Now that is what I call a job title: procurement <laughs> specialist. Nice and simple. Um, Ever. Uh, we were just having a little chat off air before, before we started recording, and you actually work quite closely to a previous subject of a supply cast, which is Clare Hall. Um, so it'd be remiss of me not to start off, I think, by asking you what it's like working with Claire, uh, and you can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can be honest. Um, Claire joined the Trust a couple of months before myself, and we both joined mm. as procurement specialists, um, right. and Claire is now on comment as a procurement manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's lovely working with Claire. It's nice to have somebody that joined the trust kind of around a similar time as me. Um, so yeah, we can we can learn the ropes together. <laughs> it's been very, it's very good working with Claire. It's interesting um, the team you've got there because one of the reason, one of the things that is often said about NHS procurement is that it tends to um, uh, sway towards being. Uh, older individuals that are in NHS procurement and Claire and obviously yourself and and and, and Pav that we did recently as well uh, are on the on the younger side for sure um what's what's it like being what's it like being a young person <laughs> in cutting edge procurement in the no, NHS that makes me feel good, being young um no it's great because there's people that have been there for so many years um there's so much to learn from them and on a daily basis, you can always ask them any question you can think of, procurement related or trust related. Um, and they're always there. Um, it's, it's just great, yeah, having them there. So much to learn from them, kind of experience from where they've even worked before um, and what they've kind of took from that role into this role. Um, yeah, no, it, it's great. It's great for experience. It's great for learning. Um, and you learn something new every day in this job. Is it, is it fun, though? yeah it is you know (laughs) I thought I'd just drop that one in there I'm dropping a hand grenade is it fun I mean does is it um do you think that is it is it a good place is it good industry is it a good place for younger people to come and work yeah no it definitely is a good place um to work and also I think when you join procurement there are so many opportunities kind of further down the line to branch out into different finance roles or to move into different job roles across the trust. And um, it, it's great when, you, when you're in the trust because there's so many job opportunities around it. And, and you never get bored. It is fun because you do something different all the time. You know, one day it could be you're working on rebranding charity merchandise, which is what I've recently been working on. And then another day you could be sourcing physio bikes. There's, it's just right. such a vast kind of, you know job role within it that it's great it is fun so, so well, how did you arrive at this point in your life that you're working in and it's just how did it come about 
I have a very different background. So this is my first procurement role. Previous right. to this, I was actually working in fashion buying. Oh, okay. Um, for a high street retailer where I was buying women's you can, shoes. You, so can it's say, very you can say who it is, I think. Primark. I think. <laughs> Primark, well, there you go. No, I was working in Primark in office. Primarni. Yeah, and I was actually yep. working as a retail assistant in Primark to start with. Mm. And um, kind of around three, four years in, I had some work experience in the head office in the buying department um, for women's footwear. And then I just never really left the women's footwear. And um, yeah, started as a trainee buyer, went up to an assistant buyer. Um, and then I did that for around six years. And um, the office relocated to Dublin from Reading. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the opportunity to relocate, but it wasn't right for me at the time. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought it's time to try something new. I think because I worked in the private sector my, my whole working life, really, it was good to explore something different. And moving into the public se sector was just like a natural progression, I think, for me. Was that something you wanted to do? Or did it just come up that happened to be the, the opportunity? The opportunity did arise, but I was also... Um, not, not bored of what I was previously doing. I wanted a new challenge and I wanted to learn new things. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm local to the trust. And then this job came up and I thought this is ideal. So how long have you been at Royal Berkshire now? I joined in April, beginning of April. So middle of the lockdown, really, the first lockdown. Um, so it was a very interesting time to join. What a time to join. I'm almost reticent to go back to COVID. So, so early, I tr you know, you, you try and not make this, you know, uh, COVID cast because, <laughs> you know, because how do you get away from it? But it is interesting in, 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 in the case of someone that you've only known it. I mean, I guess, do people say to you all the time, listen, Emma, it's not always like this. Yeah, they you do. Get that no, yeah. Because obviously when I joined, it was it was when it was the first lockdown. So it was, you know, COVID was unknown for everybody. Um, and that was definitely a regular phrase that came out. It still comes up now that I've mm. never really worked at the trust in, in a normal, normal environment. Mm. And I think as well, when when I joined, half the team actually were off sick due to COVID. So it was kind of all hands on deck, um, helping out where possible and obviously so, uh, supporting the clinicians across the road in the hospital. But it was a very interesting time to join. So if you had to sum up, so you're, so you're what, your year into yep, it? Um, year anniversary. You know, <laughs> a, miles, a milestone that, that most individuals would think about and, and, and look back on their previous 12 months in their new, not just new job, but obviously new sector as well. Um, I was going to ask you how, how you'd sum up that first 12 months. Again, tricky because obviously it's been an incredibly unusual 12 months, but if it's possible to part to one side, the elements that COVID have brought, how would you sum up the last 12 months? So perhaps just the people that you're working with, uh, the, the environment, the vibe, uh, teamwork aspects, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, I would say hectic. That's kind of the first word that comes to mind. Um, but I just think the support the whole team have given each other, whether it be we're supporting, you know, the doctors and the nurses and the clinicians and that side of things and the clinical side, um, but also just the individual team and how everybody in finance is supporting each other. Um, it usually, if it well, now it's settled down a bit. We've split out, the procurement team split out into kind of a clinical side and a non-clinical side. 
So that's now becoming the norm. There's more team structure. But previous to that, it was all hands on deck, really. Everybody just helping each other and, yeah, and like learning from each other. But in a way, that's also a good thing because I got to see other sides of procurement that I don't think I necessarily would have seen before. Mm. It's good to see kind of what other members of the team are doing and how they handle work and what they've been working on on different mm. projects. Um, so it's definitely been educational. It may have been hectic, but it's definitely been very educational. Pivotal baptism of fire I think would be the, the yeah. phrase coming into it yeah. so I'm just wondering one of the things that has come up an awful lot and, and rightly so is mental health for people in NHS procurement after the last 12 months there's so much pressures from having to you know source some PPE get the whole PPE issue also not just that but just an extraordinary amount of um, of media spotlight has been on the community for the first time ever certainly to the degree that it's been. Um, some people that would have been working there a long time within that, this, it would have been, they might have had the experience. They wouldn't quite have had, no, one, no one's had the experience that COVID has brought, it, both in terms of daily job, but also the media spotlight and the pressures that have come with that um, over the, you know, the lack of PPE issues, you know, earlier in the, in the pandemic. What's it like, do, how do you think you've dealt with it, the mental side of things? And, and do you think it may have helped you being on the younger side or helped you that you, you literally just come into the environment? So as far as your word, to some degree, this is all you've known. So you haven't really suddenly noticed the cranking up of pressure over, uh, overnight. Um, how have you dealt with things mentally? How do you feel that you've dealt with it? So like you said, I think I've known, this is all I've known since working in procurement. It's not as if there was that massive increase of pressure. It was kind of out of the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I just think it's having the support of not only the team, because nobody knew what this was at the beginning. So we were all kind mm. of in the same boat, whether you'd worked for the trust for 10 years, whether you worked in the, the trust, you know, for a year, mm. we were all in the same boat of, you know, what is this? How are we going to deal with it? So I think everybody being in the same position did help out a lot there. And also I think it was important to try and, you know, switch off even at the end of the day when you do get home from work. It's just having that switch off time and just, you know, taking a moment to yourself as well. I think that's definitely been a big thing for me, learning to switch off. Well, try and switch off. Mm -hmm. And what about things like working from home periods and and stuff like that. how's that been for you so to begin with we were still in the office the five days a week and then it dropped down to around two days a week in the office um and then it went down to kind of full-time working from home mm-hmm. um now we're gradually heading back in we're phasing it back into the office which is fine um for me i find going into the office and having that team environment and be able to ask those questions where we need to and just you know having the day-to-day interaction with people mm-hmm. i think I find that easier. So I'm glad we're going back into the office now. Um, That's interesting because I I suppose, you know, how you deal with things mentally. I mean, some people might think that if you're at home and you're in theory, a more relaxed uh, environment and you're at home, so you're you're around your home comforts and and that kind of thing when you're working, might think that it's easier. But then again, you're not, you might feel also a bit detached from, yeah. other people that you're you're working with and, yeah, and so you found 
that was yeah I found that was the case I find it easier popping into the office and having that interaction there if, if needed um, because otherwise I'm just sat at home on my own uh, so, <laughs> so for me you know I do enjoy going into the office and having the chats mm. with the team and even just here overhearing conversations and whether it be certain projects and you're like oh I you know I, I know where that project is and I can help out with this and it's just having that team environment you know there I think that's that's been most helpful for me seeing as you're only recently into the sector did you have a lot of things like family friends at, throughout all this asking you things like so what's happening what's what's the ppe thing what's that all about what about vaccines do, do you start did have you have you suddenly had a lot of that with friends and family yeah i did to begin with but i was also very new i was like a yeah. couple of weeks in and i was like um, <laughs> i don't really know just yet and so I had that to begin with, but um, that soon kind of it, it it drowned out a bit. And you felt a lot of pressure as well, I think, when people were asking you these questions as, as sure. if it was personally your fault if things, you know, we had issues with uh, gowns being difficult to source and we had issues with gloves um, at some points. And you almost do feel like it's a personal personal insult as to why you can't get these things. And then everyone's, what's going on in the hospital? Um, I can imagine. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can totally imagine that being. So I've got people that work in other industries that say similar things when things come up. There, they think because you, for you know, work. You like. I, I know someone who just literally just has the catering contract for a, for um, a large PlayStation. And whenever anything is in the news about the police, they get, they they get asked about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like I literally, I literally just pack up sandwiches for yeah. the canteen at about six in the morning, every morning. Um, yeah, it's uh, actually interesting. <laughs> it also reminds me of, um, I can't remember who it was now. There's there some comedian I watched once who said that his great fear was that he would be <laughs> frozen in ice at one point but still alive and be and be and be be dug up like 100 years into the future and the people of the future would be asking him about how things worked in the present day and he simply <laughs> wouldn't be able to answer them yeah that would be horrendous like um you know like <laughs> how did they work i have no idea really yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that yeah. kind of scenario isn't it? Like, you know I like so using within this. the trust and everyone just assumes you know you know every little thing about yeah. everything and it's very new to the role <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do you still feel new to the role how do you feel what what how do you feel now? do you feel like fully Im embedded do you think that the chaotic nature of the last 12 months has kind of helped you yeah i think it's definitely helped me um also like i said where you know where it was all hands on deck you could learn what everybody else is doing um but also you, you're thrown into this pressure straight away it's that's almost set as your your standard amount of pressure so now it is starting to slow down a bit i can get my teeth into more projects mm -hmm. and um the team is now split into the clinical side and the non-clinical side again so i'm working on the non-clinical which is kind of estates and it projects mm -hmm. which i find really really interesting um, but there's just so much to learn. I think I've been here, well, yeah, as I said, it's my year anniversary last week. And then um, there's so much to learn still. I have learned a lot, but every mm -hmm. day there's there's something new. Do you see yourself staying in, in um, this sector? 
Yeah, I think I do. Um, but again, as I said earlier, because within procurement, you can do a finance role, you can, well, you can branch out and you go into the finance role, you can go to the accounts payable side, there's so much within that we that I could expand to if I want to do but for now procurement because I've got so much to learn it's definitely something I want to stay stay in for a while and I also want to um do my SIPs certification as well so that would be something else mm -hmm. to get the teeth into and are you are you planning on attending the HSA conference in November which everyone's hoping will be at least some degree face to face yeah, you did mention this earlier. Post-vaccine yeah. world. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I think that is something that would be really interesting. I think, why not? Like you said, hopefully face-to-face -face would, be, would be great. So you, you were talking about the fact that work, working from home isn't perhaps your ideal state of being mentally uh, over something like that. Obviously now it's, things are being encouraged to move back in, in, into the office. Um, in general, do you feel as if the support is there uh, for mental health around you? Uh, within you my feel... workplace, definitely. Mm. I think it's definitely there. Um, and also within this, you, you do always have the catch-ups with, you know, how are you doing mentally and higher up, you know, the trust. People are always questioning in it. And I know there's a health and wellbeing centre being built um within the trust as well that's there for that extra support if needed um so it is definitely there i think within the workplace and even now if, if certain people don't want to go back into the office they're not feeling 100 comfortable yet yep. to always go back to what we call normality as we know it um there's still support with working from home there's no there's no issues mm -hmm. in that sense it's, it's just taking everyone on an individual basis really um, i know mental health is an area that HSA is obviously very keen in support and there's currently some new webinars from uh, Jules Wyman on the HSA website at the moment uh, that, that anyone anyone listening can, can check out. Um, so before I move on to the light affair at the end of the podcast, <laughs> where we'll whisk you off to Desert Island. No. Um, if you had to sum up the last 12 months, your, fir your first year in NHS procurement with one word, a little bit unfair because of the nature of the last year, but how would you sum it up? One word. One word. Um, educational. Nice. Well, that was quite a good word. Yeah, nice. I can see, I can see by your face you were pleased with that. <laughs> I'm proud of that word. <laughs> educational. I can see it. You were sort I sound of very intelligent. Nodding word. approval for yourself. <laughs> As you I am. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely educational, I think. <laughs> so, um, as, as, as promised or perhaps threatened, uh, we like to end up SupplyCast by entering into a zone which I now call Desert Island Supplies. Okay. If you get it. Um, what you do is you have to imagine you're, going, you're, you're being stranded on a desert island somewhere. Uh, like I say, assume that there's plenty of food and and, and refreshments okay. to keep you going so your main concerns are you get to take one album by an artist yeah. one film that you yeah. can watch just assume that we've chucked in a player that you yeah an electric watch, listen to these on. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange island i, I grant you <laughs> it's a very uh you know it's, it's a it's a first world island um and 
and one luxury item. So perhaps luxury item, first of all. <laughs> luxury item's like the hardest. I mean, I feel my iPhone, but I feel that's a very materialistic thing to take as a luxury. That, that's, um, I meant to say iPhone, not iPod. Oh. Um, I was like, if no, you took an iPhone, I could listen to music. iPod. Sorry, I, I, I sort of went back about seven or eight years then. Um, no, iPhone is what I meant. Uh, I mean, it's not luxury item anymore, is it? It's a necessity item. I'm, I, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know this. This is, you know, I feel a bit out of order doing this, but I'm actually gonna veto your iPhone. Okay. That's fine. I think I'm gonna veto the iPhone. Yeah. So. Okay. You need to think of something else. That's actually a really hard thing to say. Something else I can't live without. Oh, I know. I have really curly hair, so I'm just going to say curl cream for my hair. That's quite, that's an okay thing, is that, right? Is that the stuff my... that straightens it? No, it just makes it... Oh, it makes it even more curlier. <laughs> I used to know somebody you had very curly hair. I used to use something called frizzies. Oh, well, that's idea. okay. It doesn't work on my hair, but... I'm not uh, going so, to do that. I feel that's better than something that's like an electric item. I'm going to say. Come yeah, on. it look, it looks, it looks. Yeah, because a lot of people be watching this going, ah, typical youngster. All she can think of was the iPhone. <laughs> I know. I regret saying that. That's yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, do you know? I'm shameless because I guarantee you that's what I'd be taking. That's what I'd be taking. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of straight away. It was just. Uh, yeah, yeah abs I absolutely. I don't blame you at all. Um, <laughs> what would be? What would be? What would be your album? I mean, it's so just between, you know, it's between you say two. It from when you are. Okay. It could be Biffy Clyro, Opposites. Mm -hmm. That's a great album. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to throw Craig David out there. Okay. Because Good I old love Craig, Craig, still going Craig, strong. Craig David's Born to Do It album from about 18 years ago. I may be completely off there, but I think Early one. Yeah. Before, before the Craig Naissance. Yeah. So you've got Craig David, you've got your Curly Cream. Yeah. For the hair. Yeah. Um, what's the film? Practical Magic, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, great, I know Practical cover. Magic. Do you know, that's, I, <laughs> I love that you've selected that just because it's not an obvious, you know, very often you think of, you know, there's, there's, some people might know that film, but it is a no, fun film. It's, it's a, a sort of comedy, film. witchcraft, quite dark at times. Um, yeah, from about, I want to say 20... When was it late nineties? Maybe. I guess yeah, I think late nineties. Yeah. yeah, sounds about sounds about right. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a happy little party on your on your first yeah. little desert island there with, with nice curly hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, Emma, thank you for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. I' glad to see you've got through the last twelve months. It looks like you've got through with good humour as well. So, um, and it's, it's great to know that you're finding it education as well as obviously rewarding being in the sector. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been good to chat. Okay, so that's Emma Fox from the Royal Berkshire NHS Trust. Join us next time on Supply Trust. Bye.